Welcome everybody into episode number 26 of Justified Pursuit. Alongside my buddy and co-host, Chisholm Cook, counselor, how in the world are you today? Uh, trying not to let the uh, psychosis that has gripped this country get me down. Right on. I am uh, still scratching tick bites from our turkey hunt. Yeah, I picked one off last night in the shower. <laughs> What's that, <laughs> four days later, three days later? Yeah. Oh, no. God. It was probably uh, hiding in your hair. Uh, you have a lot more hair than me. Mine's going, but uh, I did find like two or three in my hair, like driving home. Eight hour, I, well, I had an eight-hour drive home, so plenty of time to comb myself. Pick ticks. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the yeah. ones that, that bite you and then fall off and leave those. Like tick bites hurt, man. They itch. Let me scratch one right now. Um, but uh, but yeah, we had a great time. Got We killed three turkeys. Should have killed four. One caught us napping. A lot of meat in the freezer, and um, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm glad that we're both addicted to spring turkey hunting because it's about as good as it gets next to elk. Yep, I look forward to it. Uh, certainly, by you know the near the end of deer season, I'm uh, I'm very much looking forward to springtime. Such an awesome time to be in the field. Flowers, the ticks are the only part that sucks, and rattle bugs, I guess. But. Um, just watching yeah. them do their thing and hearing them do their thing is just the coolest. It's blast, dude. And then yeah. uh, they're one of my favorite things to eat. I cooked one of those uh, breasts in the air fryer last night. It was pretty darn good. We, uh, we've kind of made a habit the last two years out of eating the nasty bits in a skillet while at turkey camp. And we've, we fried up in the birds. This, they have this beautiful yellow fat, the you know, nice Tom. Beginning of the season, probably more fat than when they're run down, much like the whitetail rut. Or any 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 animals breeding season, they get run down. But um, fried up in a skillet right there with a little propane burner that you brought. Uh, we're talking about the heart, liver, and the gizzard, and some peppers and onions. Oof, that is uh, that is tough to beat, man. The peppers and onions took it next level this year. We yeah. made tacos this time. Yeah, oh, they're, oh, awesome. they're so good. Yeah, and uh, I gotta and make sure to bring corn show. tortillas next year. Yeah, corn tortillas. Uh, I like flour, but I probably should quit. You mentioned I looked fatter this year. I went home and weighed myself, and I was five pounds fatter than last year. So I, uh, I have actually I played basketball yesterday. I ran two miles on Monday. So you shamed me into uh, shame me into it. But you're jumping. You're jumping the gun, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> um. But uh, but yeah, we're sheet. we're gonna do um, we're gonna do a whole show on kind of outside of the box foods whether that's wild game or or otherwise because our country is pretty much wussified when it comes to like what's acceptable to put on your plate uh and we'll do that a conversation for another time but certainly one that i'm looking forward to as far as today's run sheet we've got uh blm living in mansions woke companies thinking they should dic dictate politics we've got biden the savior of public lands, closing public lands to uh, to hunters. Uh, actually, and I don't know if you knew this, uh, he's closing down um, Yosemite. Uh, there's other national parks too where they're trying to res restrict access because of COVID spreading. 
We're talking about being outside in a national park, Chisholm. Yeah. Can you believe that? I'm judging by your eyes rolling into the back of your head that you cannot believe that. Uh, we've got the party of shaming, science, fat shaming to get into, and uh, we've got a lot of censorship. So let's um, what's you want to start? I'll let you start wherever you want. We got a lot to get into. Well, the first one you threw out there, this to me, this is just a, a real quickie, yeah. Uh, but the BLM thing, so uh, anybody who's been keeping up with our show. Uh, or, you know, paying attention to anything but, you know, CNN and MSNBC, WAPO, et cetera, knows that the three ladies who founded uh, Black Lives Matter, the organization, mm-hmm. I always clarify the two, uh, organization versus movement. <clears throat> um, you and I have nothing wrong with the movement. Right. We are, we're fine with that, as everyone right. should be. Yeah. Um, but the, 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 they are uh, self-described on camera trained Marxists. Patrice mm-hmm. Cullors, in particular, self-described trained Marxist. Uh, I didn't get a chance to double check, but if you go back to some of our earlier shows where we talked extensively about the history of BLM, etc., we definitely have a number of links to those videos where she describes herself as that a few years back. Mm-hmm. Um, my understanding of Marxism is that it's about this egalitarian utopia where everybody has the same stuff and you kind of get your ration right and it's you know they're 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 anti-bourgeoisie they're anti like they they, they think that you know we should all live a more modest lifestyle right and, and you know, well they're have, anti-capitalism right they're i mean obviously it's the antithesis yeah. of capitalism right but but i mean like you know like it would seem pretty hypocritical for a trained marxist to live in a mansion in an ultra elite neighborhood of malibu yeah for white ultra white neighborhood though by the way uh ultra she moved white. in with her people because it, i i heard uh ben shapiro say it was like less than 10 percent, like five percent dude it's like less than it's like a it's like one and a half percent a one and a half percent yeah dude okay like 98 and change percent so Marxist just moving into a million right and a half we're, we're, mansion we're, we're, in malibu we're, we're jumbling it the point is yeah Patrice just bought her fifth, fifth mansion in like the last 18 months. This Four one is not enough. A $1.4 million estate in, uh, it's like a, a neighborhood in Malibu. I can't remember the name of it. Da- uh, Dave yeah. Rubin mentioned it a few times yesterday, but yeah, yeah. 1.4 million bucks and the demographics are 98% and change white. Mm. Um, yeah, that's, that's your train Marxist. BLM lady, uh, and wonder where she got that money. Hmm. I think she all of a sudden when she founded BLM, <laughs> all of a sudden there's reporting about like uh, the family of Michael Brown. You know the guy who Obama's DOJ claimed you know had put his hands up and said hands up, don't shoot, but all that was a lie. Uh, yeah, his yeah. family has said they haven't helped us at all. They swooped in. BLM, that was when they were founded, right, under the yeah. Obama administration. Uh, but they swooped in and, and made a big, you know, publicity stunt out of his uh, death. Um, kind of caused a bunch of havoc in Ferguson, Mississippi, or I'm sorry, Missouri, yep. uh, writing, etc. cetera. Uh, grandstanded a bunch and then just left town. And, you know, the family was sort of left holding the bag. And I've seen some articles about, 
you know, various chapters that popped up that are like, yeah, we, we, we don't get any support from national. Uh, they're, they're getting, I don't remember how many tens of millions of dollars a year in contributions from everything from massive corporations to just Joe Blow, who felt moved to do something last summer about, <clears throat> you know, this, this narrative. Well, they, they've taken in 90 million since the 90. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, since yeah, that number. It, it came, uh, Ever since George George Floyd is what I heard. Okay, so ninety uh, million in less yeah. than a year, yep. and about eleven months because it was last late last May mm-hmm. when that happened. Uh, so Patrice is buying multiple, multiple really nice properties, million dollar properties. Uh, yet, you know, these chapters of BLM can't get any money. Anyway, the hypocrisy. Is yeah. very Marxist of her to ha- yeah. have her yeah. five mansions. Her and Bernie with his three or four homes, uh, including his lake house. And you know, when asked about it during his second failed campaign last year, he was like, "Well, I wrote a book, and perhaps if you go out and write a book, you can make a bunch of money too." Uh, so yeah, capitalism, you dick. Right, right. So here, here, you guys all subject yourselves to socialists, but we were going to be members of the party going back to 1984 and kind of behind closed doors. We're going to be millionaires and you guys can all suck it. Fine wines and cheeses, nice, Mm. luxurious silk garments. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the rest of us get to eat locusts and apparently not hunt. Can't get, we're not going to get to hunt for a living. Get your government issued overalls here. That's right. Um, Yeah. Okay. Well, good job, BLM. Mm-hmm. And uh, wow, I couldn't believe that when I saw workers well, I of the be- world unite. Oh, but here's the other thing: so their uh, financial records are opaque, meaning they don't have to share them with the public. So who sure. knows? I would love to see her bank account. I would love for that to be. Oh, here we got to get Trump's fi- tax records. Well, I'd love to see Patrice's bank account. You know? yeah, I mean, I, I don't really need to. She's got four properties, including the most recent being $1.4 million. I'm yeah. quite certain there are many, many, many millions of dollars in there. While we're on the topic of wokeism, how about this uh, meeting that was held this past week? 120 CEOs from some of the biggest companies in America. You have um, Levi Strauss. You have all the airlines. Um, I didn't see Southwest on there. I'm, I'm holding out hope that Southwest isn't going woke. But Delta, United, American... You had uh, American Express. You had the owner, uh, Arthur Blank, uh, I think is his name, the owner of the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Home Depot. All Well, Home Depot. Dude, Home Depot has been woke for a long time. Well, but Arthur Blank is the founder of... Oh, he is. Oh, okay. Yeah, right, right. I didn't know that's how he had it, made his yeah. money. Um, the list goes on and on. 120 of them all participated in this Zoom call organized by Yale School of Management professor Jeffrey Sonnenfield. <laughs> Um, of course, it would be an Ivy League school. The uh, you know, the root of wokeism in education in our country starts at the university level. So no surprise there. Uh, but all these companies chimed. In. What what was the point of this? Well, they didn't like the new Jim Crow laws in Georgia, and so they're going to do something about it. By God, well, the and the president of the United States is calling these laws Jim Crow laws. These laws that they just passed actually made it easier for people to vote. Uh, longer voting hours, more ballot box uh, drop-offs. Uh, there was like two other things that um, actually made it easier for people to vote, and yet woke culture calls them Jim Crow laws. 
despite the fact that they just made it easier for you to vote. Yeah. Now, it doesn't make sense. Uh, the Major League Baseball moved the All-Star game out of Atlanta. So, okay, congratulations. You just took, uh, I saw a number. It was like $100 million of revenue out of the city's pocket by doing that. And these companies are now trying to dictate politics that don't have anything to do. I, I understand. Yeah, you're a company. You want less you want tax breaks. Right. You want lobbying for things that benefit their business, right? right. Is different dollars than, and cents yeah. type of legislation. I get it. Okay. Yeah. This is now you've entered the realm of virtue signaling. And uh, I think there, there's a growing list of companies. And I was, bro- I broke my heart to find out Topo Chico is owned by Coca Cola. I didn't know that was a reality because I damn sure you uh, love yeah, Co- Topo Chico. Yep. Uh, I like a nice uh, ranch water. We call it down here in the South. It's uh, tequila, topo, and lime. I do too. And uh, yeah, I didn't realize Coke had purchased them, but the list is endless. There's, there's hundreds of companies that are going woke. And yeah, you've mentioned it off the air. There's that saying go woke, go broke. I hope they do. You know, I, I really only have one thing to say on the whole Georgia voter uh, voting law thing and the reaction from. The administration and, and by well, I have two things to say. One, the administration lied so blatantly that even the Washington Post fact checked them on it and called them liar, you know, gave them a liar, liar, pants on fire rating or three mm-hmm. Pinocchios or whichever one they use. Yeah, so that's pretty friggin' impressive that the Washington Post uh, called a foul on them. Well, they're now in line to get canceled by doing that, <laughs> right? <laughs> my but my other take is. Which of these two things sounds the most racist? You need an ID to vote or it's racist to require an ID to vote because so many black people don't have IDs. Right. They just assume that black people can't get IDs. Right. Like, or don't have them already. Uh, Can't get them. Like Like, uh, short of a homeless person, who, who doesn't have an ID? You, you, you have to have an ID to buy beer. You have to have an ID to like go to school, to open a bank dude. account. Everything. I mean, an identification everything. card is part of everyday life. To rent a domicile, you're going to have to provide your landlord a freaking ID. You name it, dude. You name it. To get on those planes for the airline, you know, of the airlines that are taking part in this nonsense. Mm-hmm. All, dude, everything. Man, an ID. man, it it is mind-numbing I, I i haven't mentioned him in a while but it, you know listen to mofax if you want to know what white liberals are really all about when it comes to race conversations we've said it before they were responsible for jim crow in the fr- i guess they would know jim crow when they see it since that was their laws right uh you know they were uh, you know fighting against the abolition of slavery against republican presidents back in the uh lincoln era I just I can't fathom anything more racist than saying that it's that that too many minorities don't have or somehow can't get an ID to vote. I I, I can't think of anything more racist than that. I Crowder Stephen Crowder had an episode a couple of days ago where they played this clip that they had played I guess in the past. I think the thing was from like 2014 or 15. But some dude was walking around Manhattan interviewing just random people, right? Mm. Um, and so he interviewed like a handful of ra- random white liberals and a handful of black people. And the white liberals were saying stuff, literally, this is almost verbatim. One of them said, 
well, you know, he was like, what do you think about voter ID laws? Uh, I think they're racist. Okay, why do you think they're racist? Well, because people like that often struggle to, you know, get an ID. Sometimes they live far away from the DMV or don't even know where it is. People like that, people like that. If you and I said that, to describe black people in general, yeah. we'd be crucified for it. People like that. This was a woke liberal describing black people like that. And then, of course, when he interviewed the black people, they were like, yeah, I have a freaking ID. What are you talking about? He's like, do you know anybody that doesn't? insulted. Like, did he even ask? Like, Why would they not be, dude? Why isn't every black person in America rising up and screaming racism at these friggin' idiots, dude? How could yeah. they not be offended? I'm offended on their behalf, man. It is disgusting. It is disgusting to claim that these minority people don't have or can't get a freaking ID, ID dude. It's yeah. ridiculous. Like they, it, I mean, it's even like besides the racism thing, it's like almost saying that they're like simpletons. Like, dude, yeah, like, yeah. or they're dumb. They're too dumb to get one, or like they're just it's, not as. They don't. They're not. They're not all with it. Like upstairs, they're not as smart as me. Basically, so yeah, of course they don't have an ID. Yeah, what? No, it, dude, that. Again, Mo, he, he paints this picture, again, through audio clips of people going back decades, right? Liberals going back decades saying things like this. They have this elitist nanny state mentality that anybody who doesn't have one of their not worth the paper they're printed on, you know, Ivy League education or Ivy League, Ivy League degrees is so ignorant that they have to be babied. It's unbelievable, dude. Anyway. I don't understand how these corporations get like how do why do they support a nanny state like the the more the government hands us stuff the less I think free market capitalism exists I I don't know maybe they're thinking that they'll get a government contract I don't know what it what it is for them it doesn't make any sense the scale it's the scale of the corporation dude when big companies when when an industry gets regulated the largest companies are the ones that can absorb the cost of said regulations. And anybody who would jump up and potentially compete with them for some market share ends up getting cratered because they can't absorb that burden. So it actually makes sense if you think about it, that massive international corporations are woke. That and the fact that you know they're all beholden to China because they want the 1.5 billion mouths over there. But really, I mean, it, it makes sense. It's the reason that the tech industry, Zuckerberg himself, has come in asking for regulation of social media. If you regulate social media, then a new tech startup social media company basically has no chance because they're not going to be able to absorb the costs necessary to comply with those regulations, right? Well, I'm all for so they so so they butter media. up. Yeah, they butter up. Well, right. I mean, sure, but that's why they do it, right? They butter up woke liberal politicians because then the woke liberal politicians will do all sorts of things that assure their continued dominance. Right. Right. Yeah. And, people and they're willing, think- they're willing to sacrifice a little bit of margin to make sure that they don't have to actually compete. Well, Zuckerberg's case, he just buys up the competition. I mean, that's what he does. Whether right. He, and that's cool. Whether he uses them or not. I mean, a lot of them, he buys them, just kills them. So like Instagram, he bought. And obviously that's, I don't know if it makes more money than Facebook now. It's probably pretty close, but uh, certainly the younger generation of people are more Instagram friendly than, you know, like I think people under 30 are less likely to be on Facebook, probably more interested in Instagram. Um, yeah. Statistically speaking, uh, just from what I see across my, my platforms, but 
Uh, as far as uh, censorship goes, man, I I want to talk about my personal experience from just from yesterday, and then we'll talk about some uh, more significant news than little old Cable Smith being censored again. But uh, I posted this uh, comment. Well, it was a picture of a bighorn sheep, and the title of the article that I screenshot um, was like, I'll just pull it up here. Um, it says, California is relocating mountain lions to save endangered bighorn sheep. Okay, uh, I basically just said, look at how stupid this lack of common sense when it comes to wildlife management is. Now, because you banned California, you banned mountain lion hunting in 1990, now you have an excess of uh, mountain lions, and they're killing your precious endangered bighorn sheep. So you're going to relocate them instead of just killing them, which you should they should just kill them. Uh, and they've killed thousands of them through go- they've paid government trappers on taxpayer dollars to kill all these excess lions that you and I as hunters used to do just because that's who we are conservationists um now you have a state that's going to move these cats somewhere else well, they're going to be a problem there that's not how it works there's not some vacuum where these mountain lions just don't exist you have a whole state where you can't hunt them they're everywhere now you're going to put them on some other species it's going to wipe out your mule deer your coos deer whatever uh, or, or it's going to be find, a problem. Or they're going to find their way back home, like the article pointed out. You <laughs> like know, again, that, to, yeah. to your point, in, in your post, they clearly don't have the slightest grasp of the reality of this wildlife because if, if you know anything about mountain lions or, dude, even just deer, yeah. if allowed, you can move these animals hundreds, possibly even a thousand miles away from their home. They'll find their way back, dude. Their ability yeah. to navigate even unknown terrain and find like due north is incredible. And that happened in what you're talking about. They moved a mountain yeah. line a hundred miles away and days later he was back where he started or she. He didn't know. like his new place. Yeah. Probably because yeah, there was a lot of competition. There was no bighorn. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So the point was though, is that uh, I wake up this morning and I, and I see, uh, I have this notification from Instagram. My post has been deleted. A post that basically just was saying, Hey, the gist of the post was let's get away from emotional uh, wildlife management and get back to science. That was the bottom line. There was no profanity. There was n- there was nothing, dude. Nothing that was uh, egregious. And I I get this message. It says that post removed for coordinating harm or promoting crime. What is crime and harm? <sighs> I don't. I was like at a loss for words. So there's your censorship. To me, it was just like either someone reported it. Or somebody on Instagram that works for Instagram was like, oh, they should be criticizing the way we manage wildlife in California. You don't manage wildlife in California. Managing would, uh, to me, imply that you use science for wildlife purposes, and you don't do that, so you don't manage wildlife. You let them run roughshod. Uh, we're talking about the state that just banned the killing of bobcats in 2020, for God's sake. Like, like there's not one in every backyard. I like it. Um, I like seeing when the pets get eaten by bobcats in California. Gives me hope. Maybe we'll wake up and realize, oh, wait, now maybe it's not so bad that we actually kill these damn things. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, most of the Western states have pretty strict regulation on the taking of mountain lions in particular, right? Here in Texas, they're a fur bearer, as are the bobcats, which means you can kill them 24-7, 365. And yet, we have plenty of them. Yeah, They're not an endangered species. They're extraordinarily hard to track down and kill if you're trying to, 
right? They're awesome. So, I mean, I love them. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And I'm, neither one of us is, is advocating eradication of them. But what they're doing yeah. is just not going to work. And that's all there is to it. And so just to kind of wrap up that thought, you know, we both think mountain lions, bobcats are awesome animals. They have a place on the landscape, but they also aren't immune to sensible wildlife management, which means, yeah, sometimes hunters take some, um, sometimes trappers take some. And all of that goes back into conservation uh, for the folks who are listening that are not uh, hunters. We appreciate uh, you being open-minded about it, but that's the reality. Uh, so just ridiculous stuff there on the censorship front. Now to, to bigger picture stuff uh, where like it actually matters and politics and stuff like that. Uh, Ron DeSantis. And life yeah. and death with COVID vaccines right. and stuff. <laughs> uh, Ron DeSantis. Let's start there. Yeah, so I think it was last week. I love Ron DeSantis, uh, by the way. Yeah, man, he needs to run. He needs to run. In he three kicks ass for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, he's also a Navy SEAL or Army Ranger or something like that. I think. Yeah, I don't like him even um, more. Yeah, uh, he had a like a panel discussion uh, with a doctor who uh, I, I guess like teaches at Harvard Medical. One from Stanford Medical, one from Oxford Medical, and there was some other comparable Ivy League institution thrown in there. So you would think these were woke doctors. You would Based certainly think they, they you would certainly from. think they qualified as authorities, right? Right, whose opinions were relevant and important. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we're censoring doctors from elite medical institutions, where the hell are we? And that's exactly what happened. So they had this roundtable discussion or panel discussion. And the Harvard doctor in particular, uh, they were talking about masks, but they were specifically talking about masking children in schools mm -hmm. and whether that was useful and effective. And no, no matter what anybody thinks or claims, there is study after study after study going back to June of last year that uh, that being the first I remember seeing released by uh, by the North American Pediatric Hospital Association that states unequivocally that children under 14 or 15 years old are more at risk from the flu than they are from coronavirus. That's not true for 40, 50, 60, 70 year olds, right? But for children. So let me make that abundantly clear. Anyway, and in addition to that, we know kids aren't going to really do a great job complying with m maintaining mask wear, you know, wearing, right. They're going right. to screw with them. They're going to touch stuff that it's going to cause them to touch their face and touch other stuff. Right. So the Harvard professor slash doctor was like, yeah, I don't really see masks as useful or necessary for kids in school. Mm -hmm. Got censored. The whole thing got taken down the entire where, video where panel discussion. Posted? YouTube? Oh, I'm sure. I, 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 I probably. I'm sure it was on YouTube, and I'm sure a number of other sources. Uh, yeah, I mean, it had to have been YouTube, right? That's the number one place to post a long form video of any kind. Uh, in right? my so, opinion, like big tech and certainly social media, well, they've been like controlling the Democratic Party, certainly from Hillary to when the orange man got elected. They didn't like that, so they said they're going to change things. And now they've got other companies, like we talked about, the big woke uh, Zoom meeting. They are like the most or trying to be the most powerful aspect of the democratic party. Like, Oh dude, they're, they're almost, they're starting to become the most 
powerful uh, institution in the world, really. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. everything we do now is through these internet portals, right? So, yeah. you know, they're able to just silence you. Which is, is why, where, which is why, going back to the uh, the um, regulation, uh, because we as a society now consume our news by and large. I mean, I'll be honest with you; like, I get a lot of my like story ideas and and stuff like that from Instagram. I see a link or I see a, a screenshot of a story, and then I go research it, or maybe I click on a Twitter uh, link or something posted on Facebook. I go research it, and then you know that's how I'm consuming my news. Uh, uh, more so than like going to Fox News or CNN or you know yeah. the the outlet. So if you are going to be publishing news, then you you can't be censoring it. So that's why I'm like, okay, I'm all for regulating them. Um, yeah, and again, it, we're talking about medical professionals are censoring man, and that's been happening since last summer, dude. The hydroxychloroquine yeah. debate—they finally had to cave and acknowledge that, you know, yeah, that stuff helps. So does ivermectin. All these other things that. Uh, ivermectin dude my ph in south africa his whole family takes that and it's like right. a cattle dewormer and i so we were talking when i got there in february it was like so how have you guys as a third world country and i think we talked a little bit about just how much more resilient their immune systems are um but he was like well yeah we we take malaria medication sometimes and then also this ivermectin stuff which isn't like uh like clinically like you couldn't take it in the United States. Like legally, you can't just go. Actually, my wife just got a prescription for it this week when we thought she might have had COVID. So yeah, really? you can. Yeah. Oh wow, I, I didn't some know. Sitting that. in my bedroom right now. Well, apparently everyone in South Africa is taking it religiously. Yeah. Uh, here they're like, no, don't take that. Don't take ivermectin. Don't take hydrochloroquine. Uh, <laughs> take a vaccine and eat yeah. a donut. Uh, eat a donut. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so okay, so that whole thing gets taken down. Um. Right. And, and so uh, I've referenced Crowder a couple of times. Um, those guys are doing yeoman's work. But so he had an, an episode of his podcast dropped today where they pointed out that. So, so yesterday we were recording on a, the 14th, mm -hmm. Wednesday, the 14th. So I guess it was Tuesday, the 13th. The uh, FDA paused the uh authorization the emergency use authorization which is how all three of these vaccines are currently authorized in the united states they're not fully tested vetted and authorized by the fda anyway pause the emergency youth authorization for the johnson and johnson one shot more traditional style vaccine although it's still not like a traditional style vaccine like your flu shot or other stuff from 30 years ago anyway mm -hmm. uh pause that because of these people they're right now they're only letting us know about seven specifically women as you pointed out of more like of, of a basically like childbearing age i think 20 to 35 all seven of them happen to be uh they ended up with these uh blood clotting issues similar to what the astrazeneca which is similar to the johnson and johnson vaccine was which happening has killed 21 people last time i checked AstraZeneca. Right. In Europe. We never got the AstraZeneca here in the States because it was having problems in Europe from day one. And they paused it for a while. Uh, right. I, I don't, it may still be. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so there, there was these, this handful of women out of 7 million who right. had these severe adverse reactions. He points out, uh, Crowder points out that prior to yesterday, there were 30,000 instances of Doctors getting censored online over the course of the last year for voicing concerns about 
vaccines, many of them about that AstraZeneca stuff. It was very difficult to, you know, these people, these doctors all across from Europe and all across this country were being censored for talking about the AstraZeneca stuff. Point being, up until yesterday, if we had put out a podcast and, you know, enough people listened to it that anybody gave a shit, where we pointed any of these things out, but more importantly, if a doctor had, then they would be censored for that. Mm-hmm. Doctors, dude. And now all of a sudden, the federal government acknowledges we have a problem here. So useful, important health information from healthcare professionals has been getting censored for a full year now. And I mean, I, what, what more? I don't, I don't know what else to Fauci's say. It's way or the highway. I mean, that's, that's the right. bottom line. That's right. Somebody else I was listening to was making the point. Oh, it was Rogan. How, um, you know, Fauci, it was who he had on, and I don't remember who that was, but, uh, you know, Fauci will say when asked, you know, can a 15-year-old die from COVID? Yeah, sure, absolutely. It's entirely possible that a 15-year-old could die from COVID. The person that was making the point was like, there's zero context offered with that statement. The context being, but their percentage likelihood is so extraordinarily low that it's almost immeasurable. I remember hearing a while back, and I don't know if it's still the case, but I'd almost bet it is, that the number of people who had died under the age of 21 from this thing was like in double digits. It was like 20 or 30, right? Anyway, man, so they're censoring doctors up until the point where the government admits they have a problem. And even that, you're like, seven people out of seven million. Might have been six people out of seven so, million. That was my question to you. Is that an overreaction? If seven million people have been vaccinated and one in one million die, or not even die, but have severe hospitalizations, is the fact that the other seven million are vaccinated still a good thing? Or should we pause it for the one in a million chance you're going to get sick from it? Yeah, I mean, I would contend that, yeah, it, it would be an overreaction if I trusted that data, right? I, I got to be consistent. 550 roughly thousand people out of a country of 333 million have died from this. 94% of them were suffering from at least two major deadly comorbidities. So 6% of that 550,000, I did the math yesterday, 0.01% of the population has been, you know, it was was healthy people presumably who died from this it's my opinion that about this time last year we should have lifted all the restrictions and gone back to something like normal life with people who were at risk taking care of themselves i'd make the same argument here any one of these vaccines is going to have the occasional severe reaction and seven six or seven out of seven million that's pretty low right i think that's point zero that's like point zero four percent of those seven million or something like that uh the the thing that I think, again, Crowder pointed this out, and I'm, I'm with him on this. So apparently those six had two major reactions. One was the blood clotting, and the other was some sort of cerebral edema, if I re- recall correctly. And the two combined are extraordinarily dangerous. Why does anybody believe that of those seven million, there may not be dozens, hundreds, maybe thousands of other people who had some kind of other severe reaction right we have no idea that just didn't require hospitalization i'll be real interested to see over the next 60 days 
what uh, what comes out about that. It's just the only point I'm gonna make. So yeah, yeah. But the biggest thing I would say is that if a doctor goes online and says something about this, and they're getting censored, well, uh, not if they are, and that's uh, that's just abhorrent, shouldn't be tolerated. Um, no, it's just the government telling you, hey, you don't need the truth. We're going to tell you that we're, we're going to make up the truth and tell you it as we go. Like I saw uh, flip flip flop and Fauci has changed his mind so many times on all this stuff, but he's fully vaccinated. And I, I saw where he just said, hey, I would not go indoors in a in a social setting without a mask. And the guy's like, you're vaccinated. He's like, I'm just, you know, I wouldn't do it. So if the vaccine works. Uh, what what are we doing here? Like, it's right. funny how if the vaccine works, what are we doing here? Right. Why does he? He's been advocating double masking and wearing double masks. Yeah, and God this bless Rand Paul for how, calling him out for it. How mind f this has made some people. My wife being one of them. God bless her. We went to the gym yesterday. I have not been vaccinated. I've had COVID. She she's done both. Had the had the vid and been vaccinated. She's wearing a effing mask. At the gym, I'm like, "What are you doing?" She's like, "Oh, I'm like," I was like, "You have to explain to me why you got vaccinated then, because this doesn't make any sense. Why take the yeah. mask off? It's stupid." Uh, and then I went and played basketball, maskless, maskless with uh, like I don't know, ten kids who were in their teens, but they're probably not a, a threat to to have COVID anyway, right? We talked about so. Dude, uh, you already kicked it in a matter of three days. Yeah. No. Even if you got it again, like, you know? Uh, but that, I mean, that's like the, the thing. Like, why? Uh, like, Aaron, come on. What are we doing? You're being a Fauci. Cut it out. My, my, uh, my, thing, my thing on this, unequivocally, my position on all of this is do what you feel is right for you. Stop telling me what I have to do. Mm -hmm. If she feels safer wearing a mask after having the virus and getting vaccinated, cool. Okay, fine. Right? That's fine. Yeah. But I think I said this on the show last time. <clears throat> if the vaccine works and you get it and I don't, then you're safe for me. Anybody who doesn't, hasn't had the vaccine and doesn't plan to agrees with me. So they're not concerned about my transmission to them. So mm -hmm. we're good. Right. But right. how undermining it to your point, right? Like Fauci obliterated all trust. When he lied to us, he either lied about whether about masks not working or he's lying about masks working. One or the other. They don't seem to be working. Right. They certainly don't seem to be working because you can bet your ass that states like California, New York, New Jersey, where they've had skyrocketing rates four different times over the last 12 months, every single person in those places was wearing their mask all the damn time, locking right. themselves in their home. And this thing was still spreading, right? Mm -hmm. Either way. Whichever one he was lying about, he claims he was lying the first time. I don't believe anything you say anymore, dude. And your claim that you were making a, they call it a, um, they call it a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, man? Basically, they, they, they defended uh, they defended as an honorable lie, right? Because it was intended oh. for this greater, greater good of making sure we had enough PPE for healthcare and emergency responders and all that stuff. I don't care what your rationale dude was, dude. You lied. You could have right. told us all, hey, y'all, we, we need to give everybody 10 days, two weeks, whatever, to make sure we procured enough masks for medical professionals. Stay in your damn houses. And then when you do, get ready to go back out. 
put on a freaking mask. But he didn't do that. He said they don't work. Now he's yeah. saying that you have to wear them. Not only that, you have to wear two and maybe even three. Even so, if you're vaccinated. Right, right. And even if you're vaccinated. And so that's my point, right? So he undermined all of his credibility then. Yeah. Now he's telling me I have to get a vaccine, as are the rest of these government and, and healthcare professionals. Yet then they're also telling me I have to keep masking. So what's the point of the vaccine if I have to wear a friggin' mask? Yeah, that doesn't, doesn't does not instill any confidence whatsoever in the efficacy of the damn vaccine. Yeah, I none of it makes any sense, man. One uh, one anecdote from our, our turkey hunt, which you, you said, I stop telling me what I have to do. Right? Um, we're going to this gas station in deep South Texas, and I don't wear a mask. I'm not wearing a mask, and you're you put one on, and you're like, well. Uh, we, we had a conversation about it. I was like, I don't know what the rules are, man, anymore. Like it, some places want me to wear one. Some don't. I usually do. I just forgot at that time when I got out of the truck and you're like, well, if they don't have a sign on that says you must wear a mask that you're more apt to actually wear your mask because you're not being told what to do. Like yeah. a lot of them have encouraged. We appreciate if you wear a mask, right? Like kindly yeah. asking you, but not somebody asking you. kindly like right. that. Yeah. yeah I'm, you're, you're I'm, much right. more, uh, probable to oblige to that than I am a, put your damn mask on or don't come Being in demanded. Right. Yeah. I think, and for the record, the reason, you know, I think this is a point I'd like to just make sort of generally, you know, everybody, it's just like the initial lockdown, man. People may have forgotten that in March of last year, people voluntarily stopped going places before the government ever told us to, mm. because nobody knew what the hell was going on. And we were all freaked out. Right. Mm. When we were running out of toilet paper, that was before <laughs> the governments of this country had stepped in and said, thou shall not operate a business or go outside, right? That came a couple of weeks, a week plus later, right? After the Tom yeah. Hanks deal and the NBA deal and all that all happened on the same day. Then all of a sudden it was like, hey, everybody, two weeks to flatten the curve. But we were already restraining our own liberties while we figured this out. So, you know, similarly, a month ago or whatever, our fantastic governor removed the mandates and restrictions in this state. Well, guess what? You go down to deep South Texas where most people would probably expect nobody to be masked up, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm from there and I, it shocks me to go down there and see universally in these small towns, everybody wearing their mask. Yeah. So I like here in my community, I don't wear it when I go into most places because at least a third to half of everybody in my community isn't wearing it. Yeah. But I run down there and everybody's wearing them. Everybody. Yeah, I, so I was surprised. When in too. Rome. Yeah. yeah. When in Rome, I throw it on. But it's in a large part because it's not my turf, right? If I'm coming into your community and there's a you know fraction of a percent chance that I'm bringing the virus to you, then I'll put my effing mask on, right? But anyway. that. Well, the, when I went to Taos, uh, New Mexico in October and saw that everyone was walking around outside yeah. With their masks on, I was like, I'm sorry, I'm not doing that. If I get a ticket, I get a ticket. I was like, that's just asinine. I'm outdoors. I'm socially distanced from you. I'm not getting within six feet of you anyway. I'm not putting a damn mask on. So, you know, yep. it is what it is. But, hey, that's a uh, uh, New Mexico is a, a blue state, and they're very poor, and they keep voting blue, and, and the politicians keep putting them down. It's like a vicious yep. cycle. Um what else on? Is there anything else on uh, censorship here? If there's anything else that we've seen. No, that was all I really had on that one. I mean, Just, it's a big uh, freaking deal when the governor of Florida has a medical roundtable with all of these doctors you've mentioned from these 
Ivy uh, League institutions. Respected, yeah. Institutions and and then it gets deleted, censored, yeah. removed. Yeah, it's just that's bullshit. The public deserves to know the truth. Dude, like, I mean it's 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 not just bullshit, it's terrifying, man. Like yeah. if we why am I supposed to trust the powers that be at Instagram over a doctor from Harvard? It doesn't right. make any sense, man. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's let's talk about what's really killing people. Um, it isn't COVID. COVID's what what basically magnifies the fact that you're already fat a fat ass essentially, and that's a, a, I mean. Hold on. Let I'm me. Let me throw one, I'm overweight. Let me, I'm a, what. Let me throw one quick hit out that I just had on my list, and then we'll get to this because okay. this will be the rest of the conversation. Uh, on Friday, undoubtedly almost nobody has heard this yet, but on Friday, the Supreme Court of the United States issued a ruling about religious liberty with regard to COVID restrictions in the state of California. They're yeah. second in just a few months, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's like the fourth case taken up since last May um, with regards to COVID restrictions and religious liberty. Uh, the very first of which I think was, like I said, was like May or June of last year. And at the time, I want to say it was like seven to two, or it may have even been nine to nothing. Uh, Supreme, Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. The, the Supreme Court at the time said, hey, you know, we're like 60 days into this deal. Um, these restrictions are reasonable because we still don't know the impact or how it spreads and blah, blah, blah. But some of the concurring opinions at the time by the conservative justices pointed out there will be a time where this is no longer appropriate because, because it's a constitutional protection. It has to pass what they call in law a strict scrutiny test. If a, if a, if a state, if a, a local state or federal government regulation impairs your you know, rights under the Constitution, then it's going to receive strict scrutiny by the judicial branch and, and it better be pretty narrowly tailored, narrowed, you know, limited in duration, et cetera. Right. So, you know, last summer didn't really have it all figured out yet. It was a kind of an overwhelming victory on behalf in the Supreme court at that time. I think over the holidays period, the end of last year, there was a case five, four, and that would be justice. The great justice, Clarence Thomas, mm-hmm. the great justice, Clarence Thomas, the, uh, <laughs> he recently put out an opinion on on the social media stuff and possibly censor, uh, censoring it as well. Uh, it was like two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, he's, he ripped it. Mm-hmm. Um, but but Thomas Alito, uh, Gorsuch, uh, Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett uh, late last year voted against against Sotomayor, Kagan, Breyer, and a fourth that would Roberts. be Chief Justice John Cook. Uh, to protect the li- religious liberty in that case. Well, another case just was decided on Friday. Would, won't hear about it anywhere, but this one podcast I listened to apparently, mm-hmm. where uh, yeah, because I haven't uh, never even saw like a a blip right. on the radar about this thing. Yeah, the mainstream media is not going to let you know that the Supreme Court is upholding religious liberty. Point being, my my only main point here is twofold. One. You didn't hear about it because they don't want to talk about it. Um, but the other is we have yet another 5-4 fo- vote where we have the five legit, you know, textualist constitutional mm. protectors against the three leftists and the chief justice who was appointed by George W. Bush. And you would think would be 
especially if as chief justice interested in protecting the constitution. No, not so much. Yeah. The, but that is, uh, that is, that is the, um, the reason again for optimism because, uh, having Coney Barrett in there since, uh, September, October, uh, is probably the most, that is probably the most crucial thing separating us from fascism, uh, that there is. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember, uh, I think I mentioned it on the show when it happened, but and I forget which state it was. It was somewhere on the East coast. It might've been in the Carolinas, maybe South Carolina, but the strip clubs were open, but the churches were closed. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. One, one of the, one of the cases. So like it started with a pretty staunch majority. It might've been nine, nothing. You back can in get there. a lap dance, but you can't praise Jesus. Right. Each one of these cases that has been brought before the Supreme court over the course of the year, it started with, significant majority in favor of the restrictions, but with concurring opinions saying, we're not going to do this forever. Then later on, it started shifting towards this now five, four majority. And to your point, that's one of the things they've pointed out. Those who are writing on behalf of religious liberty is like, what in the hell are you talking about? You can go to a casino and to a strip club, but you can't go to church. Give me a break. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's because you might sing there. Yeah. Singing, clapping, spread. Did you know did you know that they outlawed screaming at uh, amusement parks in California? <laughs> I did. Yeah, of course they did. You're going over a roller coaster, no screaming. Keep your trap shut while you're having your get your thrills with your closed mouth. Yeah. Um, okay. So fat shaming, and I and I was trying to say, yeah, I'm a little um, overweight. Chisholm always gives me a hard time, but uh, I do exercise regularly. I just like to drink beer as well, and uh, sometimes I eat shit like chips or French fries. Uh, but generally speaking, I'm pretty healthy diet and, uh, but I'm not grossly overweight. I kicked COVID's ass in three days and, you know, it's generally just friendly, uh, ribbing between the two of us. But the real thing that's killing people that have COVID is that they're fat, like grossly obese, overweight. And, you know, you, you couple that, that, that basically just latches on the COVID just latches onto the, the fact that you've let yourself go physically. You don't obviously have much. I don't want to say that people that everyone that's obese doesn't have self-respect. I think some do. Some of them have um, certainly serious problems, and 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 it could be that they're overweight because of another, uh, like a thyroid type deal or whatever. Um, but a lot of people just don't care about their health, and a lot of those people have died from COVID, and it's sad. Like, but but that's the reality. Obesity leads to heart heart conditions and that leads to death in this country 78 percent of hospitalization hospitalizations and deaths from COVID 19 were people who were clinically overweight according to their medical records 78 percent, dude so three out of four and and, and, I, and i would bet money the other 22 percent were over 75 years old but i don't know that statistic to be true yeah <laughs> so what do you what are your thoughts on that like how do we as a country get over this obesity uh well for example like when i was in africa in february it's not rampant there like there are very few fat people uh so i think obesity at the end of the day is rooted in privilege maybe not white privilege just overall privilege of of living in a fat and happy country um i mean certainly fast food is the devil but American life is so busy these days. I mean, hell, we ate, our kids ate at Wendy's the other day. I did opt for a grilled chicken salad, but, you know, they're scarfing down burgers. 
So I'm not going to sit here and say I'm I'm a hip. I, you know, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. We eat fast food, but they're not. It's not good for you. Yeah, you don't live off of it. Um, you know, interestingly, if you went back 50 years, you wouldn't find a pop. Uh, you would not find an un, uh, uh, impoverished community on the planet that was both poor and suffering from rampant obesity. Mm-hmm. But now the two are almost perfectly correlated in the United States. The poorest among us have the biggest health problems from, from weight and diet. Uh, so to your point, to some extent, it is an indicator of the privilege of being an American and that we live in this land of true abundance where you're never more, never more than two or three miles, it seems, certainly when you're in civilization, from something terrible to eat. Um, but it's abundant. The food's everywhere. Um, there's a great documentary everybody should check out called Fed Up. Um, and it, it shows a few people who were so sadly unaware. They buy into this marketing, right? Like, oh, this these chips are low fat and these frozen pizzas are, you know, whatever, low calorie or, you know, all these. It's all crap, right? It's still just processed foods. And they're just, they're just hiding the ball by calling it low fat, low this, that, you know, it's still sugar refined carbohydrates, all the crap that hurts you. Right. And, and like that's one mom in particular, man, it was so sad. Her son was like 14, 12 or 14 years old. And he weighed like 275 pounds, dude. And she was just like shocked that the low fat hot pockets that she was feeding him for dinner every night weren't helping him lose weight. And it was clearly a genetic thing, not the hot pockets. Right. I mean, it really like, it was like heartbreaking. Um, I want to say, before we get much further, if you're happy, I'm good, man. Whatever. I don't right. care. Right? Like, I- I'm not out on a mission to make everybody eat better and get in shape. I'd love to see it, but I'm not judging or condemning. But what I can't abide, but what I can't abide, what this show is all about. What so I cannot abide, that's right. All right. What I can't abide is two plus two equals five. Right. And that's what we're dealing with here. I'll get to that in a second. We've had an obesity problem in this country as long as I can remember. The vast, I think, the, I mean, almost our entire lives, probably our entire lives. In 2000, 2000, summer of 2000, I was super fortunate to get to go to Europe. And if you went to Europe 21 years ago, you didn't see a fat person anywhere. Mm-hmm. It was like thin fit-looking people with perfect butts as far as the eye could see. As far as the eye could see. I remember coming back being, my head was spinning from it, literally spinning from it because I would watch the butts walk by. Like, whoa, whoa, butts. <laughs> and I couldn't understand it. And what I came to realize was like, first of all, they weren't as beholden to processed crap foods like we are. Yeah, A lot of folks there still ate whole foods at the time. Um, and, you know, when, when you go over and travel a few cities in Europe, you're in very walker walkable places, right? Everybody, they don't, they don't rely on cars and, you know, the types of transportation that we do as much. I will say you could get into the countryside or maybe people did live a little bit more sedentary lifestyle than they did in the cities and maybe find a little bit more of that. But certainly in the cities, you didn't, you just didn't see it. Mm-hmm. I had a friend get married there, mutual friend of ours uh, in 2012 or 13, something like that. Went back, totally different story. In, in a decade and a half, 
obesity had become a pandemic, specifically in France, I guess. Right. <clears throat> so we've watched. Well, they got more Americanized, like probably a lot of our right. fast food joints started like, hey, get some KFC in your mouth. Sure. Yeah, well, it's not just the fast food, right? It's like the crap you buy at the gas station and whatever else, right? And mm. prepackaged stuff at the grocery store, like, you know. And, and you know, it's not all people's fault, man. Like, it takes time to eat right. It's hard to eat right when there's an abundance of quick, easy fixes to just stuff down your gullet and move on to the next thing, right? As life begins, as society has become more filled with stuff, right? As our bandwidth and the amount of time that we have gets shorter and shorter, then we have to rely on more and more easy and, and efficient solutions to things like food, right? But it wasn't that long ago where for the entire history of humanity, the entire day was spent procuring your food, right? So you spend as easily as many calories trying to grow or hunt your own food as you were able to consume. And we don't do any of that anymore. And we fill our time with other stuff. So now we just go seek out, again, this this efficient, quick fix. Well, anybody should know that if you're, if you're getting a quick fix, whatever it's for, dude, whatever it's for, something's being sacrificed, right? The entire world is about trade-offs. If you're eating food that's readily available, you're hurting your body. You may be satiating your hunger and getting the energy to carry on with your day, but that stuff accumulates over time, right? It's just all there is to it. <clears throat> to your point earlier, We've known for a long time, all of our adult life, it has been part of the narrative of this country that we have an obesity epidemic. 40-something percent of Americans are obese, not just a little overweight, obese. Go right? just there's, walk into a Walmart and you will see it right there. You count What you'll count. see is, is Four out of ten morbid are... obesity in Walmart, right? right? Like, yeah, there's, there's overweight, there's obese, there's morbidly obese. There may be even some grades in between there, right? But so yeah, like 40% of Americans are obese. Yeah, I don't even remember what, it's a BMI of, I don't know, 30, 35, something. So we've known that forever. And then COVID comes along and proves... I mean, as if cardiac disease and, you know, blood sugar issues, diabetes, you know, you name it, wasn't enough of a reason to try to maintain a little bit better level of fitness. This virus comes along and almost exclusively affects people with weight issues, man. If Just to sort of drive the point home and going back to the concept of two plus two equals five and prepping for this show, there was a... There was a thing that happened last year that was, uh, I want to say I was listening to Shapiro. It was right around the 1st of December. <sighs> There's a show called The Talk. It's one of these morning shows of ladies. Uh, it's like the answer to The View for one of the other networks, right? Everybody knows about The View. I didn't know about The yeah. Talk till I heard this thing. Uh, I know Sharon Osbourne was on it before a while, but they fired her because they called her racist. Um, anyway. The talk was discussing this dust-up between the pop singer Lizzo, who I found out is from Houston. Um, she's not a small lady. Dude, she's clinically morbidly obese, and that's all there is to it. Right. Anybody who wants to bring it, bring it. That's what she is. That woman is huge. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Lizzo has become the face of what they call the body positivity movement. You know what? Again. 
body positivity movement, fine. I'm not sitting here judging fat people, but I'm not going to pretend like it's healthy, right? Well, that's the difference. Yeah, that's the difference. You listen to this. I couldn't find it, man. I don't know if they took it down. If I'm when just you told using, me about this, I could not believe it. Yeah, I, I got to find a way to track so it down and throw it in the show. Lizzo uh, got into a dust up on Twitter with a fan or somebody else. And basically that person was like, you should really take care of yourself better. Something to that effect. Yeah. Well, so uh, the, the, the thing you'll find and that we'll certainly cite to is uh, Jillian Michaels, one of the coaches, the tough lady coach from the biggest loser show. Right? Yeah. Okay. She, and she's not the only one. This is this sort of things all over the place now, but she had uh, done some, some interview where she, you know, and I will say if there's one thing that these people have a point on, it's like Jillian Michaels called out Lizzo kind of out of nowhere. Right. But her point was still valid in my opinion. Lizzo was getting all this publicity last year, going back to last year's Grammy Grammys for being so bold with, you know, being this leader on body positivity. She was getting celebrated for wearing a bikini and you know next to nothing on stage right and oh yay i mean i'm just so gonna go great. ahead and say it gross nobody wants to see that <laughs> i don't want to yeah. see it i mean you know but i can easily avert my eyes or change the channel right I, whatever dude you want to put it out there and fine i wouldn't be watching it anyway but i'm just saying like yeah, i don't want to be at the never beach. Catch I, I don't want to be at the beach and see an obese person walking around and jillian walking. michael's point was why are we celebrating this woman's, you know, condi condition, I guess? Why are we celebrating this woman's body and this woman's weight when it's not a healthy way to live? She's like, I'm not judging her. If she's happy, yeah. that's awesome, right? If she's happy like that and she feels good, it's hard to imagine, but so be it, right? It, great. But we shouldn't as a culture be celebrating morbid obesity. If you Google right now, Jillian Michaels and Lizzo, you will not find anything but articles from every publication you can think of ripping Jillian Michael a new ass for how dare she be so bigoted, be so hateful. They're calling it a, the next like social justice front, people being bigoted against heavy people. But more importantly, getting back to my two plus two equals five thing, you're starting to see articles from all over the place claiming that it's not even unhealthy to be obese. <laughs> and that's what this, this, this segment uh, from the talk that I heard on this podcast, podcast was saying. When this crap dusted up, the ladies on the talk came rushing to Lizzo's defense, and they actually claimed that it's now settled science that it's not unhealthy to be fat. Mm. Okay. Insanity, dude. Right? Like. Well, yeah, it's it's mind blowing. I mean, and not only does it lead to heart disease, diabetes, everything else, but like it's hard on your joints. It, it it makes it harder to get into shape when you've already. I mean, clearly, when you've let yourself go, it's harder to get back in shape. But it might be too late when you've let yourself go that long. Uh, Dude, man, I don't know. So uh, so I, I, Ro Rogan last week, I think she was on had a had a comedian a lady comedian named Lara Beats, Bites, it's like B-E-I-T-Z, uh, had her on, you know, he does that 
pretty frequently. He just has a comedian on. And normally they just jack around, but him and her had like a, an amazing conversation. She was a fascinating gal, man. She's from uh, Milwaukee, I think she said. So, you know, she's from the upper Midwest. <laughs> they ate a lot of cheese and sausage up there. Beer. Right. I mean, they're, they're, their sports teams are named the Packers because <laughs> right. they pack meat and their, their baseball team named the Brewers. Right. So, not yeah. a lot going on up there. No offense, Midwesterners. We love you guys. <laughs> Some of the finest people I know generally across the board. They're fantastic people. Hell, our, our, uh, our, first, our first um, guest of the show was one of our listeners from yeah. uh, wh- wh- Wisconsin. Was, yeah. Madison. Madison. Yeah. So <clears throat> she, um, she, when COVID hit last year, at the time, she weighed 185 pounds. She'd been heavily overweight since she was basically a kid, right? And to her infinite credit, she was paying attention to more than Fauci and learned pretty quickly the actual data that, oh, my chances of dying from this virus are like almost infinitely higher because I'm overweight than if I was in Mm -hmm. decent shape. I'm going to get my ass in shape. It was the motivation that lady needed to get her ass in shape. And Rogan pounds this all the time. Why are they telling us to mask and take a shot rather than get some vitamin D, zinc, and exercise? Because yep. those things will save you from this. Mm-hmm. Anyway, like I said, to her credit, she, she probably would admit she, you know, she was probably at a point in life where she needed to kick in the ass and COVID gave it to her, right? But point is, in the course of this last year, that chick's lost 40 pounds. She looks amazing. Like, she's hot. She's lost 40 pounds. And to your point, she went on and on explaining how she's like, I didn't realize how bad I felt until I lost it. Right. Yeah. I had back aches and stuff. I just figured, oh, I just have to live with that because that's just how my body is. Right. And she lost 40 pounds and her back doesn't hurt anymore. Her knees don't hurt anymore. And she's lost, like, there's no inflammation left in her body. And it's all just based on exactly what I did five years ago, four years ago, cutting refined sugar, basically added sugar and wheat based processed carbs. Those two things, pretty much, it's all she's really done diet-wise, and then got on an exercise regimen. And she's like, I feel amazing, right? Yeah. It, it changed COVID aside. She's better off for it. Dude, Adele, we were talking about her a little bit this weekend. I don't care what you call me. Adele is a legit rock star. I love that chick. I love her voice. Oh, love her songs. Voice. She's awesome, dude. Amazing. I love her new age Amy Winehouse thing. Mm. She was enormous, up until two years ago, she has lost, dude, probably way more than 40. That She's probably lost 80-something pounds, maybe 100. I don't know, a ton, dude. Yeah. A ton of weight. And all I saw, so like she kind of went away for a little while while she like went into body boot camp, I guess, right? Yeah. She comes back and she's skinny. And guess what she received? Scathing hatred. She got... St- ripped up and down I by how did i not see this I yeah by the by the weight. by the body positivity people for like abandoning them or, or whatever their thing was dude like she made a commitment to make herself a better person a healthier person and she got blasted for it. ripped for it dude ripped for it still gets ripped for it she's basically having to give the middle finger to haters who are mad at her for getting healthy and that's what yeah. i mean by two plus two equals five man you don't have a problem with your weight. You think it's fine. You want, I, I won't be bigoted. I don't, I've got friends that are overweight. I, I, you know, loved ones that are, you know, whatever. 
I'm not going to judge, but don't warp reality such that a, I have to pretend that's a healthy way of living and B anybody who does pull themselves up by their bootstraps and decides to get right has to be, you know, crucified for it, dude. And, 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 you know, I've been there. I've got some before and after picks going back to 2015 where I was chubby, man. I was, I was chubby. I, I lost, I lost a good 15 pounds of fat, straight fat. I had a fat tire, no abdominal definition. If you saw me from the back, you could see how the fat came all the way up to my shoulders. The before and after pictures are kind of shocking almost. Uh, yeah. so, so I've been there. I know how it makes you feel. I know how it, you know, both physically and like emotionally. Right. I'm not a guy who's always just been skinny and and blessed with, I didn't work out for the majority of my adult life. In fact, when I was 20, I had the same jackass attitude that these haters have where I was like, Oh, meathead working out. It was wrong, wrong worldview, man. Right. Right? I I changed my life entirely. So I, we went, we went in opposite (laughs) directions in 2015. When we went on that first elk hunt, I weighed like 178. And now I'm like 208, but I quit running five to six miles, three or four times a week. And I started lifting and I'll tell you this, like my body hurts more from, from the extra weight and from lifting than it did when I was running. But my wife likes it better. She says I look healthier. She didn't like skinny me. Um, so I, you know, I think there's a middle ground. I've got to find it. I like to get to like lose like 15 pounds would make, I think make me happier and, Certainly, I, I don't think I would feel like my joints hurting as much. And I'm not like morbidly or like really even like no. I'm just a little chubby. But um, I, I don't know. My dad, here's a great example. My dad was, he's six foot tall. He was, a, when I was born, lanky, skinny, you know, guy, frame. And then as he had four kids and here's life and here's uh, middle age, testosterone right. goes down, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. I mean, he got he let himself get into like probably I would say it is heaviest, maybe two fifty five, two sixty. And he's lost he exercised a little bit, but mostly he just changed his diet. And well, he did get diabetes as a reward for all of that, you know. He ate donuts. I didn't even know this. When he would go to work, he'd like eat donuts like multiple times a week. Right. I hate donuts. I don't like sugary stuff like that. They just make my did. stomach hurt. Yeah. And so he got diabetes. And so that's why I was like deathly afraid of him getting COVID. Well, he had, he's lost 40 pounds. He probably weighs 225 now. So a little heavy, um, but he's also 68 years old and he's not 250, 260 pounds anymore. And so he kicked COVID's ass and same as me, like two and a half, three days. Yep. Despite having diabetes, like wasn't a big thing for him. I think if he'd have been carrying around all that extra weight or if he'd continue to go down that path that he was on of yeah he uh, might not even have made it to COVID. yeah so right yeah no i'm not neither of us are sitting here saying it's easy to maintain a healthy lifestyle it's not dude it's really hard try kicking gluten out of your diet good luck man you know Mm -hmm. kick gluten out of your diet and eat anywhere but at home like it is dude everything's got refined sugar and gluten in it everything that you buy at a store or you know at a fast food place it's 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 work man and obviously training exercising is hard it hurts it's tiring it's it takes time when you're done though damn right it is man absolutely damn right it is it but again i i don't expect everybody to do it but what i just can't abide is being told that it's 
perfectly healthy. Okay. Yeah. And, and not unhealthy and you're not at risk from doing so. And again, so, so Google this, everybody, please. And you'll find these articles claiming that, no, in fact it is. So I found one article where they break down. <laughs> Apparently talk about different types. I got to say this real quick because talk about warping the perception of our youth, telling them that it's okay to be grossly overweight and that it's not unhealthy. Hey, don't eat your veggies. Hey, here's a Big Mac and some fries instead. Just do that for every meal. Like you said, the lady whose son, 275 pounds, hot pockets every night. Like, that's okay. This is normal, people. You're not unhealthy. Right. No, it's not okay. Screwing up the youth. That, that's, that's my point. And uh, to his credit, Bill Maher came out a couple of years ago and said, why is it not okay to fat shame anymore? We should be fat shaming because people need to get their asses healthy. Right. And he pointed out the biggest dude, the, <laughs> one of the biggest reasons that American healthcare costs so much is because we're the fattest damn industrialized country what on the planet. What a burden man. on That's the right. healthcare system. That's right. It's a tremendous burden. And we talked about this the other day, but my, our, our mutual buddy who had the debate with his dad about, you know, whether to require the vaccine passport or not. And he won the argument by pointing out, man, if we're going to do that, why doesn't all the, why don't all fat people have to wear some, you know, be limited or, or restricted or be forced yeah. into, you know, into fitness camps or whatever. And he mentioned how his primary care physician has told him, he's like, everybody that comes into my office with a health problem, damn near invariably, almost all of them, it's because of their weight, like 90 something percent. He's like, and I can't even say that to him anymore. They won't really? hear it. They won't. Yeah. He said, they, he's just like, all they can do is just write a prescription for something, right? Lipitor here, fix your cholesterol with this drug, which is not shown to decrease your heart risk of heart disease at all. All it does is lower a number on a test, right? It's so it's not because he can't like, uh, there's, there's no mandate from like the medical industry saying we can't tell people that being fat is unhealthy. It's just that they don't, they don't hear it when he says it. That's right. It's that people no longer accept it. Mm -hmm. uh, and in fact, they'll get pissed about it. Right. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> there are so many of these articles I found, man, where, so this one I found on psychology today, although I saw several, several claims about the same study. Uh, there was some study that broke down, um, basically pointed out that there are, I guess there are two primary types of fat that a human being can carry to the article's credit. It does admit that, um, belly fat, um, which is primarily what they call white fat is unhealthy and linked to name it, right? Every bad health outcome you can come up with. Right. Mm -hmm. But then they mention how there's such a thing as brown fat and brown fat is like what a baby is born with, right? Chubby little babies come out they're, They've got this brown fat or they develop it pretty quickly, right? Brown fat is like a super rich energy source for your body, right? Um, it creates heat in your body. It burns itself for fuel. It energizes your body. So brown fat is not, according to this one study, directly correlating with bad health conditions, right? Yeah. But, but white fat is. So <clears throat> what they're now claiming is, well, so the point of this article is, so that means you can be fat and still be healthy. You just need the good brown fat versus the bad white fat. Well, guess how you get your white fat turned into brown fat? Uh -huh. Exercise. 
they explain that if you exercise, you'll convert your white fat to beige fat. Uh-huh. And then your markers for health problems, blood work, et cetera, improves. My guess would be, so does the size of your waistline, right? Yeah. You probably burn off a lot of white fat and what's left behind is a little bit of this brown and beige fat, but they don't want to get into that. And, you know, here's their headline. Can you be fat and healthy? New research provides insight into the fat burning abilities of beige fat. So if you just like skim that, you know, the health experts who bombarded us with warnings against body fat have science on their side, excess body fat, blah, blah, blah. But not all kinds of body fat are unhealthy, not even an excess. The unhealthy kind of is, is white body. Fat. So like it, it, this is one where at least they're being somewhat clinical about it, right? But they're still trying to make the argument that there's nothing wrong with being overweight, right? Uh, some of these other articles, man. We, but, we all, but we know that that's not true. Like we've already talked about it. leads to all every other health issue, like inflamed uh, joints would be one that's like uh, right there, front and center. Well, of course, if your joints hurt, you don't want to exercise. Of course. Right. So, yeah, it's just it's a lack of transparency from uh, it probably started with social media. And now it's just like these corporations going woke. OK, now now we have doctors that are, hey, well, we're, we're going woke, too, because we don't want to fat shame anymore. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it. <clears throat> we're at a point right Nobody now. Nobody takes pleasure in fat shaming, by the way. A comedian, sure, but I, I, you know, you and I are not here. Like, just to reiterate, you said it, but I don't care if you're if you're fat and happy. Hey, more power to you. That's great. But in it, it you will have to pay the piper eventually. There's just no, uh, you know, right. I, death comes so, for everybody, and death comes faster to those who don't take care of themselves. And and so and so here's where the rubber meets the road for me, right? Again, my my problem with this is don't lie to me about this. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody who's perfectly happy with their weight, cool. I'm not asking you to lose weight, but the rubber meets the road for me in that if you're going to start lying that that's a healthy way to live, you can tie that directly into what we've lived through for the last year. What does everybody tell those of us who don't want to have to? wear a mask because we're not concerned about this virus or get the vaccine because you know it hasn't been fully tested yet. We have to do it for other people. Mm. The mask is for everybody else. You're protecting everybody else. You're telling me, generally speaking, by and large, that I have to change my lifestyle to accommodate people who refuse to change theirs. And that's where I want to bite it anymore. Yeah. Right? I don't have to live a certain way to protect snowflakes who refuse to get up off the couch, right? Because they, what, whatever the rationale is, right? Like th- those things are, those things are linked together, right? They're making the argument. It's not even unhealthy in the first place, trying to find ways to dismiss the fact that 78% of people who have been hospitalized or died from this are overweight or obese, right? Like that, that statistic alone almost proves unequivocally that for those of us that are healthy, we should be able to go about our lives. And those of us that are at risk, i.e. overweight, take the necessary precautions. And if that means staying at home, then stay at home. But again, a, a better approach would be get in shape. Dude, they've been co- talking for months now, for since last summer, about the COVID-20, right? Is it like, like the freshman 15, right? Mm-hmm. People gaining weight during this because they sat at home eating crap and drinking because they didn't have anything else to do. It's like, dude... 
go out in your garage, do some burpees and some push-ups. Dude, that'd I be mean, the thing to do, right? Like this. We like went this on. We went on walks, and the, the hardest thing was finding uh, weights. Like, yeah, on uh, the other uh, end of the spectrum, like there were people who were, were going to the gym all the time, like myself. Uh, I, I couldn't find any freaking weights, man. Like uh, my neighbor finally, like two months into it, was like, "Hey, Academy has weights." I'm like, couldn't get out the door fast enough and bought everything they had because it's the first time I'd seen it. Like, if you tried to buy uh, dumbbells online, okay, see you in six months, dumbbells. Yeah. Like, there was nothing. Yeah. I, so, I, at least I there, that gave me hope. Like, January, yeah. at the time, I was annoyed because I couldn't find them, but at least people right. were trying to work out. Part of that, too, was some of that had to do with manufacturing, you know, getting equipment out of China, right? And even American plants being shut down. But it was a, kind of, a, there were two reasons, but, but a lot of it was people buying up stuff and, and outfitting home gyms for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you could find it real cheap now. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, I, I know what I was going to say. So in law, there's this concept called the reasonably prudent person. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a number of areas of law where, uh, in determining like what action a person should or shouldn't have taken, whether, you know, it's a civil law case or, uh, possibly a criminal law case, right? You, you use this test called what would a reasonable, reasonably prudent person in the same or similar circumstances have done. Mm -hmm. Right. And when you study that case law in first year law classes, what you're taught is you don't. Um, if you come across somebody who's a paranoid schizophrenic yeah, and you say something that triggers a delusion that then creates some kind of harm, they hurt themselves or hurt somebody else or, or whatever, right? You can't be held liable because you didn't know that person was a paranoid schizophrenic, mm. right? Were you being re- a reasonably prudent person given the circumstances basically of life, right? Now, now, if you knew the person was a paranoid schizophrenic and you did something that you knew would antagonize them, then, then, then the circumstances dictate that you weren't being reasonable, right? Because you knew the problem. But the point is, like, if you come across a random member of society, you assume, you know, they're not struggling necessarily with anything far outside of the normal day-to-day that we all struggle with, right? So I've been thinking about that all year in relation to this, these COVID restrictions, we have been forced to do all of these things to accommodate a society that has decided to make poor choices. And that's, there's no justice or equity or, or equality in that, right? Like, again, if you're making poor choices and that has put you at risk, then do what you need to do to protect yourself. But I shouldn't have to be restrained or controlled. If this thing was killing, if half of everybody who had died from this thing were reasonable, healthy, you know, average weight individuals, I wouldn't be yeah. sitting here making this argument, right? But that's yeah. not the case. But we believe in science on this show, and science says the data is yeah. abundantly clear, and the reality is that it has been since April twentieth when Italy announced the first major report on this crap of twenty April twentieth to twenty twenty. It kills half of everybody who's ever died from it. Was over seventy eight years old. And 80, 78% were overweight. 94% had one of five major, two, two of five major pre-existing conditions. So on every metric, more than three quarters and often more than 90% of 
of the people who have had the worst outcomes from contracting COVID-19 fall in this narrow bucket of people. And the vast majority of them are people who have lived an unhealthy lifestyle. Yet everybody else is having to give up their income, give up their livelihood, give up their business, right? As dumb as it may sound, wear the damn masks to accommodate that subset that yeah <clears throat> rather than rather than everybody in america looking at each other in the mirror and saying how could we be better prepared for this legitimately how about we all how about you know how about the president do what reagan did back in the 80s with the remember when we used to do the presidential uh, fitness testing stuff mm-hmm. oh yeah 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 how many like how many sit ups yeah. push ups all that stuff yeah yeah, how fast could you run a mile? All that stuff. They don't do that. You know, rather than Trump and Biden, they don't say anything about vitamin D and exercise to combat this. None of them do. Yeah. Well, Trump. I don't want them. I mean, he was like, I don't exercise. It's going to make me weaker or some bullshit like that. But For sure. His Biden position on that is. I mean, Biden can't even walk up the stairs, so he's out of, you know, he's not going to be exercising. Uh, right. Yeah. Anyway. Um, see, I had one other funny thing to say. Oh, yeah. So to kind of wrap this up today, the the highlight of the the turkey hunt, yeah, we we shot some nice turkeys, but really came when you called I'm our so you our mutual buddy, who is a black belt in jujitsu, because if, if y'all remember about the uh, the um, equal pay for female athletes, Chisholm and I were like, yeah, it's not a thing, it's not reality, unless you're talking about tennis or MMA where it is actually and people do want to watch it this is the reason why the other ones don't make any money which we don't have to go back down that rabbit holes nobody watches nobody cares nobody wants to watch that's the bottom line sorry if that offends you i don't care it's the truth but people do watch women's tennis they do watch women beat the crap out of each other and i opened my mouth and said uh yeah i could kick a 120 pounds woman's ass if it not the world champion in her weight class, but I said you take the weight, the lightest weight class, which turns out to be what, uh, what was it, featherweight? One hundred and ten or fifteen, yeah, yeah, Fly, flyweight is what flyweight. Call it. Okay, I said yeah. you take the, the the worst professional in that division, and I could smoke her, and you were like, no way, dude. There is no way she'd beat your she would beat your ass, choke you out, punch you in the face, kick you in the shin, this, that, and the other. And so you called Chris to settle the debate, and he's like. He's got a 50-50 shot. And I was like, and it ru- it ruined your day and it made mine. I was like, yes, I knew it. I, you know, he, I guess well, chauvinist I have, pig, but whatever. I, ha- <laughs> I have an update for you that you're going to be disappointed in. Uh, yesterday, our intrepid guide, Lindell, sent me a clip of a smaller chick beating the holy hell out of a bigger chick. His mind has been changed. <laughs> he sees now what skill and training can translate to. Yeah, uh, and well, it's size size matters to a point. So, bottom line, though, I weigh two ten. I think I can take on a hundred and fifteen pound woman that isn't at the top of the uh, food chain when it comes to UFC. If anyone can arrange that, right, we will make we're, it happen. We're making this happen because I ain't screwed. So, and yeah, I might end up, uh, you know, eating my words through busted up teeth. I don't know, but we'll we'll find out. Brother Buck, this is for you. Shout out to my buddy Buck. He was the one who planted this seed that we need to push this and make it happen. We are going to get Cable's ass kicked by a tiny uh, uh, mixed martial artist. So ninja again, coming yeah. at me, yeah, like yeah. spider monkey. Yeah. yeah. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, we'll end on that uh, <laughs> random thought there. Thanks for tuning in to episode, what the hell was it, 26, Chisholm? Sounds right. Like 26 Six or 7, something like Time that. flies when you're having fun. Uh, look forward to doing it again next week. Tell your friends. Give us a five-star review if you like what you heard. Uh, you know, we've still got, we're still trying to be less angry and less white. And we'll continue on that trend. Uh, thanks to the two star guy. Job of it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're all smiles, man. Well, I'm not angry. Uh, but thanks again for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Put down the burger. Pick up dumbbell. Take another shot. Get lit for your baby. It's a quarter to four. Do we have any more? Okay. Contra dancing for you.